The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. I went to bed on a regular night like I have my entire lifetime. I woke up at 2 o'clock with uh, thought I was literally dying of a heart attack in that moment. And for the next three months, uh, James and Betty, I was pretty much out of commission. My mind basically shut down. My brain shut down. The Coming up on Life Today, pastor, speaker, and founder of the Passion Movement, Louis Giglio, shares about a time when he felt like his place in God's story was over. opportunity. I'm James Robinson. My wife, Betty, and I welcome you. Louis Giglio is with us. Uh, if you don't know what passion is and the, the church that he pastors in the Atlanta area, well, check it out and go to the website. We'll tell you how to find it in a little bit. But what he's doing with young people and it's just absolutely overflowed coliseums. It's, it's, Betty and I have actually played some of not only the message that Louis delivers and others, but, but the worship with, with students and young people. And you're literally lifted into the yeah, presence of the Lord. I mean, it's absolutely yeah. indescribable. And uh, I think you can find on their website, which again, we'll direct you there in just a little while. You can probably see and visit some of these encounters with the presence of God. But he's written a book called The Comeback. Now li listen to the subheading. It's not too late and you're never too far. I have an idea it means too far gone, too far down. Too far away, you never are. You cannot escape the limitless, boundless love of God and His grace. Would you welcome Louis Giglio back to life today? What are you talking about? You talk about comeback because I think this is a personal journey and a personal story, and I think it reaches beyond. There's no question it has a lot to do with what you're doing now. But I think it's something about what went on with you. And I feel like you wanted to share it because you think there are others who identify with it who might have felt like they're the only ones and, and maybe it's too late and too far gone. Am I right about that? Absolutely. And, you know, the, the book is filled with a lot of personal stories about my life, but it's also filled with personal stories about other real people mm -hmm. who have been way down and way out. And so that's the reason why I wanted to write the book. But all that was brought to the surface by being a pastor. And you don't have to be a pastor to know that life is hard. Mm -hmm. But when you are a pastor, you bump up against it every single day. And the way I like to say it is every single person, every person watching this show today is either in a storm, they're just coming out of a storm, or they're on their way into a storm. That's life. That's yeah. life. And we don't know what's on the other side of the next phone call we're going to receive. Right. We don't know what is on the calendar for us tomorrow. And, but what we do know is Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you can guarantee on a broken planet there's going to be hardship of every kind. You have walked through that with your daughter. Uh, all of us have walked through that with people that we love. And some of it we bring on ourselves. And a lot of it is just circumstantial that all of a sudden we wake up and the whole landscape of our life has changed. But at the core 
of our message. The reason why we're on this show today is because of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And at the core of the story of Jesus is resurrection. That it doesn't matter how bad it looks, our God is greater. Doesn't matter how dark the night, God still can see as though it were noonday sun. And he's ever present, ever helping, ever on the scene. He always has a plan and he can bring a miracle out of nothing. That thief on the cross was a breath away mm. from an eternity without God. That's right. Uh, Jesus, the, the historians tell us, died on a garbage dump outside of Jerusalem. That's right. And so on a garbage dump with a few breaths left, Jesus Christ intersected the story of a convicted criminal and he went to paradise yeah, today. that very day. Exactly. This is the story mm -hmm. of our God. And it all comes out of the resurrection story of Jesus Christ. You're never too far mm -hmm. and it's never too late for God to intervene and to change the story. How was the importance of this story and all that you try to detail in the book? How was it birthed in you? to the point that you just had to share it for the benefit of others. Well, you know, I've had a lot of difficulty in my life. I've been through a debilitating and uh, illness with both my parents ending up in death. Mm. Um, we've had a lot of storms in life, some physical, literal storms and, and passion events that are epic and then a lot of other kinds of storms. But what I open the book with is just telling the story of uh, what I went into in 2008, which uh, was a complete mental meltdown. Um, we call it an anxiety attack, panic disorder. Those are all nice terms we put around it these days. But I went to bed on a regular night like I have my entire lifetime. I woke up at two o'clock with, uh, thought I was literally dying of a heart attack in that moment. And for the next three months, uh, James and Betty, I was pretty much out of commission. My mind, basically shut down. My brain shut down. The doctor said it's like putting the RPM in your car in the red zone for too long and it gets stuck there. And eventually in self-defense, your brain just stops functioning. And I went through these crazy physical symptoms. I ended up in the emergency room twice in, in 36 hours. Uh, when you walk into an emergency room and at two in the morning, your wife's driving you to the hospital, you're having convulsions that you can't stop, uh, you can't feel your arm. You walk into the desk, it's early in the morning and there's a waiting room full of people. And I said, the, the lady said, may I help you? I said, I'm 50 years old, I can't feel my face and I don't know what's wrong with me. And she just immediately takes me straight back. No paperwork, no nothing. They hook me up to all oh, these tests. And as it turns out, I, I had nothing physically wrong with me. But I, my brain was overwhelmed with a sense of fear. I could have been a root of depression. Uh, could have been all the enemy all rolled in there. But the, the end result was for me, I wondered if I was ever going to function again. And after three, four, five months of coming out of this, I didn't know if I was ever going to preach again, if I was ever going to sit down and have a conversation where my heart didn't feel like I was going to blow out of my chest again, if I was ever going to sleep through the night again, uh, if I was ever going to enter into life as I had known it. And I thought I was going crazy. I literally thought I was losing Had anything been my going mind. on around you that would have set this off? Well, absolutely. I mean, yeah. You know, there's always things going yeah. on. And when you look back, it's a perfect storm for me. Mm -hmm. Um, we'd finished a world tour with passion. We'd been in 17 cities and 16 nations in three months in that year, trusting God for six and a half million dollars to, to provide for it all. My mom diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. There was a global economic meltdown 
in this particular year. And anybody that was middle-aged like me felt it. Middle-aged men felt that because all of what they'd worked for was eroding under them. Um, we were in the middle of a change of home. My wife had had her back go out in Sydney on the last of those stops and had been flat on her back for three weeks. Um, so there were, we planted a church, thank you very much. <laughs> and when you plant a church, you better get ready mm -hmm. because the enemy comes at you a different way when you start shepherding and caring for this body of Christ in a local context. So all those things were pinching in. Um, but I think underneath it all, probably in hindsight, was that the sense that we all have, that somehow I've got to shoulder all this. I've got to figure out how to carry this. I've got to figure out how to make sense of all this. And, um, and fear comes through that door. And when fear comes through the door, uh, bad things happen and the lights usually go out. And, um, you know, it was amazing that God in grace uh, met me at the deepest, deepest point of that valley in a really profound way, though. And that's the turnaround story for me. Well, what happened to you? How did you get out from under Well, this? for me, it was worship. And worship has always been the way out for me. And I think it's the way out for all of us. Um, remember the scripture where Jesus is announcing his ministry and he quotes the prophet Isaiah and he says that God gives us a garment of praise mm -hmm. for the spirit of, of heaviness. Mm -hmm. And so whenever we feel the tunnel coming or the pit coming or the cloud coming, and I learned how many people live in the way that I was living. For a little while, I was on medication to sort of reset my mind. And I, I would tell people, I'm taking X. And I said, oh, my wife takes that or my son takes that or my cousin takes that or I take that. I was like, our whole country is on some sort of antidepressant right now. Mm. And I think underneath a lot of that is the fear and the dread that the enemy bring to us. And that's always best combated with setting our eyes back on the greatness and the grandeur of God. And in worship is a way that lights up the dark for us. And it is the way out of the tunnel. Even Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And the end of that Psalm is a praise uh, and is a praise to God. It's, it's putting our focus back on God. And so I remember a night I was laying in bed and Shelly was there. Bless her heart. She had just, she was trying to hold our lives together. And I mean, I literally didn't leave the house alone. A lot of days. I, I didn't go to work a lot of days. I, I, I was going to doctors every day because I thought I had something different wrong with me every day because my body was all out of whack. And I remember this night I went to bed. I knew two o'clock was coming. Two o'clock was the cloud and the dread. Mm. And that night it came and I woke up and I was so broken down by it all because there wasn't a fix. We're months in now. There wasn't a quick change. And guys want things to change in a hurry. Oh, yeah. And people that live a fast-paced life like you and me, we sure. want something to change. We want to go see somebody. We want to take something. We want it to be over. And I was broken down. And I remember just saying, God, I can't do this one more night. I cannot do this one more night. We've prayed. Everyone's prayed. We believe. We fasted. Trust me. We've claimed every Bible promise we know. <laughs> uh, people were covering us in prayer. But it, it, nothing was changing. And I said, God, I can't do this another night. And then I just thought back to a time in my life, which was another deep, dark hole way back due, due to some other circumstances in our family. And I remember Job, the Lord gives songs in the night. And I said, God, if you'll give me a song tonight, I'll sing it to you. Mm. And just out of my heart, I don't know where it came from, came this little chorus. Be still, there is a healer. His love is deeper than the sea. His mercy is unfailing. His arms, a fortress, a refuge for the weak. And a melody came, 
and I just start singing it up to God. And I just remember lifting my hands up in the bed at two in the morning and I just said, be still, there's a healer. His love is deeper than the sea. His mercy is unending and his arms are a fortress for the weak. And I remember just singing that until, until morning. I just stayed on that little thought all night long until morning. And the next day, guess what? I woke up, nothing changed. <laughs> but when I went to bed the next night, I said, if two o'clock comes and the cloud comes, I got a song <laughs> for two o'clock and I've got a song for That's the cloud. Right. So the next night, two o'clock came and the cloud came, but the song came <laughs> and the progression was cloud song, <laughs> cloud song. But then it was song, 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 cloud. <laughs> and then it was song, 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 cloud. And then it was song, maybe a cloud. And then it was song. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say today, because uh, it wouldn't be honest if I didn't say that somehow now, after going through that, that that anxiety, that sense of that panic, it's somewhere over in left field. <laughs> and I'm somewhere up at third base. Yeah. And But I know now when it starts coming, I know it's that I'm not going crazy. Mm -hmm. And if anybody's watching this today and you're like, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've been through this. I want to tell you two things. Number one, you are not crazy. That's what the enemy is going to tell you. You are crazy and losing your mind. You are not crazy. A lot of people have been where you've been. But the second thing I want you to know is, is that God is in that moment with you right now. And he is going to bring you through. He is committed to the process of bringing you all the way through. And it doesn't happen in neat, tidy little mm -hmm. stories because that somewhere still over there and a set of circumstances can make me sense that coming again. But I know now that's not real. I'm not dying. I'm not dying. Thank you very much. That I'm not going to die tonight. That is the enemy coming at me. I'm going to turn my eyes on God. I'm going to set my focus again on God. I'm going to renew my worship again in God. And I'm telling you, it's a miracle to me that Mind eight years tell. later, Mind that tell. eight years later that I have, uh, that I'm in the light because there's a day in that tunnel where you think I'm never coming out of the dark. Don't you appreciate the journey and what you've heard and the glory? And, that, and, and you shared this in detail, but you broke it out where the reader could go on that journey and reach that place mm -hmm. where you are in his presence and you're beginning to experience the manifestation of that presence and that power. I want you to tell us how to go to the website mm -hmm. and how we can learn about passion and the things that you have available to help people as well as the book or other material. And by the way, I would suggest that you go online or you go to the bookstores right now, get the book, not just because you may find hope, but you know someone who desperately needs what, what Louis shares here. And he shares it in a very effective manner, just like you heard him pouring out his love to you, talking to you right there, because he knows there's this hope and help available. So get this and pass it on. But when, when are the next big passion events? Is it early next year? In, yeah, in so January? passion is a gathering for 18 to 25-year-olds and their leaders, primarily university students. Uh, the next national gatherings, January 2nd through the 4th, 2016. We're doing three events at the same time. It's kind of a crazy idea, mm -hmm. but uh, Toyota Center in Houston, Texas, mm -hmm. Phillips Arena in Atlanta, Georgia, and the new uh, it's Gwinnett Arena has a new name also in Atlanta, Georgia. Three arenas mm -hmm. filled up with university-age students. Mm -hmm. All the, the bands will rotate. And the glory rotate. of God. And the glory no of God, question. more, more yeah. importantly. All the uh, bands will rotate between the arenas. Uh, speakers will be simulcast. It'll be like being at one event. All that's leading up to, James, to 2017, we're back in the Georgia Dome, where we were in 2013. 
uh, 80,000 university age young people. That's right. Uh, before they tear it down, they're building yeah. a new stadium in Atlanta, yeah. a new Falcon Stadium. So our theme for 2017 the is yeah. bring down the dome because they really are going to tear it down just a few weeks well, after we're there. A website now. Go. Passionconferences.com is the best place to find all the information on passion. If you've got university age young people as children or grandchildren, you need to buy them a ticket and send them an email and tell them that they're going to go. Um, and if you're in that age group, please come. The other website is passioncitychurch.com. Right. And that's where all the messages from Sunday to Sunday are if people just want to tap into what we're doing week by week. Thank you. Would you say thanks to Louis? What a, what a great blessing he is. And the book will be a blessing. Louis, our, our audience, uh, our viewers, and by the way, if you, you feel like I'm, I'm where he was talking, you see that phone number? There's someone waiting to pray with you, mm -hmm. to agree with you into that point of praise and release and healing. Don't hesitate to call. And that number is paid for by love, the love of God through people who care about you. And say, so just call no matter where you are. So if you need someone to agree in prayer with you, don't hesitate to call. Louis, our viewers love to extend the hands of Jesus, literally. You know, if we're the body of Christ, and I know you try to tell these students, you're the body of Christ. Yeah. So let's get on with expressing him as who he is. And by the way, we have to do it collectively because no one of us have all the aspects of what he has in his body. We got to connect. We got to have each member connected. Yeah. But what we do is we extend effectively the hands of Jesus and we express his love in a way that totally changes everything. Now, I want you to look in, and I want you to see if you don't want to be Jesus moving in to the situation you're observing. Watch it very closely, and God's going to move you. Watch. Angola leads most African countries in child mortality for children under the age of five and about half of those deaths are attributed to the effects of malnutrition. There just isn't enough food. I'm, I want to interrupt this. And I want you to look at the child that first walked out there so lonely. And then I want you to look at the next shot of the child. Now, I want you to stop and think about this reality. You may think that's just a little child wandering around through what looks like a desert terrain. Obviously, there's nothing there. There's nothing growing. There's, there's tremendous famine and need. And you see that little child. I want to ask you this. Do you think the God of heaven and earth notices that little child? Let me tell you something. The God of heaven and earth that lives in me sees that little child. And the God that I know says, I don't want that little child wandering around in that desert, deserted land. I want to hold that child. And we hold them by responding as the body of Christ. Now continue. Watch, listen, and above all, hear God. Watch. For Dominga, a couple years ago, this statistic became a reality during a food crisis.
Omolio Guvela, Hospital Gubala, Umawa Filamanzilla, Agola would dress a regular consoba with Duga Vadidu to Yalopo Valiwafango, Omolia Gambolio Vihemba Hospital Gubala. Once again, famine has struck the village where Dominga lives. It will only be a matter of time before her remaining children find themselves in a downward spiral, moving towards severe malnutrition. These children will end up in a clinic, struggling for their lives, or worse, in an early grave. If we don't act to help Dominga and her precious children, It is so important that you actually understand what's taking place. Here's a mother trying to get a child to a clinic that love through you helped establish. It's the last resort. It's where a child that is in the throes of death can perhaps be saved at the last moment. That's where she was headed, she didn't get there. The son died while she was traveling a daughter back home starving died. Now here's what you must understand. We will maintain those literal malnutrition clinics as a last resort because of love. But what we're trying to do is to join the missionaries who have found the famished areas, the great need, and they have established a feeding center there where we can feed them, where we take these orange bowls like this that you thought up because you didn't want to bring in tin cans and plastic bags and the food burning through the bag and having an old dirty can. You said, let's give them heat resistant bowls. By the way, we need nearly 80,000 more right now for what's taking place and we're trusting God to give them. We want to feed them out there where we found them and we've got 400,000. If we catch them there, Betty, they never end up at the malnutrition clinic, the last resort. So we're reaching out where they are in love to save their lives so you don't have to have a story like you just heard. Now, now we've got another tremendous need, and Betty, you have made it so clear not to think lightly of equipment, but we need eight more 10-ton trucks for what we're doing right now to be able to deliver the food. And we have to replace some trucks that have worn out, and believe me, they use them until they won't go anymore. And Betty, that is not something that's in, insignificant. That's important. It's very important because without the, the trucks, we can't get the food to the children along with the bowls. And understand how important these bowls are. We thought at first when our supporters suggest giving them something so they can burn their little hands. But we found out too that it, it's marked on the inside so we can give the right levels of food so that it goes further for the children. And the one that hit the back of the line doesn't end up being left out. Now, I saw that, James, and I thought it was so important to me that the one that stood there the longest 
won't have to be turned away because we ran out. And we need those trucks to get this food to them. Well, Betty's exactly right. You can't see this, but there are portion lines. And when we have more children always show up than you anticipate. And so if you give the same amount, you can suddenly run out. But you learn to apportion it based on the need and the number. So what our viewers thought up became even more significant than you might have imagined. So here's what we need. We're asking you to go to lifetoday.org, take your bank card, use it like a check. We have only a few days left now. We need to raise the funds, over $300,000 for the trucks and for the other 70,000 plus bowls. We need all of that support, but we need the food for the 400,000. Now think about this, $30, $50, $100 enables us to feed three, five or 10 children for the next months. So there's a level at which you can join lifetoday.org, use your bank card, or dial the number there on the screen, take your bank card, use it like a check. Please extend the hands of Jesus. Become an answer to the prayer and heart cries of mothers and parents for their children. And give those little children that seem to be so overlooked, let them see the love and the power of that love expressed through you and through the missionaries. Please make that call or go online and make the gift. Thank you for doing it. Disease, malnutrition, starvation, all terrible human atrocities being faced every day by people living in remote and impoverished areas of Africa. And those at greatest risk are the children. Life's Mission Feeding Program is there, able to feed and care for over 400,000 children in crisis areas of Angola, Mozambique, and Sudan. With previous food reserves gone and malnutrition levels in Angola rising due to increased food scarcity, we desperately need to replenish our supplies for our feeding programs immediately. Your life-saving gift of $30, $50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. Also, please consider an additional gift toward our $316,000 goal to provide eight all-wheel drive trucks and 76,000 new bowls for the children. As our thank you, we'll send you this soft-cover journal Bible featuring the Gospels, Psalms, and Proverbs for your devotional time in the Word. With your gift of $100 or more to help feed 10 children, please request the complete Holy Bible Journal Edition, perfect for keeping notes and insights as you read and study. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed 100 children, you may request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. You know, we're anxious to send you blessings as you bless others. This uh, journal edition will bless you and the beautiful Bible, the Thomas Kincaid Forest Chapel painting. And if you would like to have, you extend the hands of love to these children in desperate need. And I think you're anxious to do it. And you believe you know someone that needs this story that Louis tells so effectively, his journey, into the presence and liberty and freedom and healing power of God, you need it or you know someone who does, we'll gladly send you the book just to say thank you for helping us share God's love in desperate situations. And would you join us in saying thanks to Louis. Thank you for all you've done. Bless you. Bless passion. Thank you for watching Life Today. Please encourage others to watch Life Today and share Life Today. 
Tomorrow, best-selling author and reality television star of Duck Dynasty, Corey Robertson, talks about parenthood and how to raise strong and kind children. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.